This is exactly right. Are you listening to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer? The show has something for everybody, whether you're single and dating, in a relationship, maybe you're currently driving to divorce court. Nicole is wonderful, and she's been single for decades, and she can't figure out why. So on Why Won't You Date Me, she's on a quest to figure out how to be less awful at dating. She interviews comedians and celebrities about their love lives. I mean, I've been on the show, sorry, but I have. Trixie Mattel, Lacey Mosley, Paul F. Tompkins. New episodes release every Friday. Listen to Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer wherever you get your podcasts. Perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home. You gotta come to me empty-handed. I said no gifts. Your presence is presence enough, and I already had too much stuff. So how do you dare disobey me? Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I, of course, am Bridger Weiniger, and I'm so happy you're here. It's a very special, very special episode today. One year, one year we've been doing this podcast. One full year. Here we all are. You know, we've been through a lot. Uh, It's been a very interesting time, and we're so thrilled to, you know, that we're able to do this. And I'm thrilled that you've been here. And maybe this is uh, your first episode. In that case, you, I, I, God help you. Because there's a lot of backstory and you're, you might as well be learning Mandarin. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to want to go back and listen to the other episodes in order to contextualize what's happening here. This is not a beginner's podcast. This is the sort of podcast that you need the lore. We've, I've been building a world here. And so go back and listen to those episodes. If you've been here since the beginning, God bless. Here we are. Let's get into it. I'm s I I can't tell you how excited I am. Happy birthday to the podcast because we're here with my dear friend, none other than Jen Spira. Jen, welcome oh. to I Said No Gifts. Bridger, I am so honored to be here. I can't I can't <laughs> even. I can't even. <laughs> oh, Jen, God. you know, when we booked you on the show. We, you know, we, I put very little thought into anything I do. So, you know, I, of course, was thrilled to have you, but I didn't realize it was going to line up with the one year anniversary of the podcast. I mean, let's be honest, who knew, who would have ever guessed the podcast would make it to a year? So that alone, that alone is really a, uh, but now it's lined up with you here. I love that it's lining up. Uh, I almost wish you hadn't told me that because I almost thought for a second that maybe you chose me for the special occasion. <laughs> I realized it was just the winds of chaos and <laughs> not your love for me, but that's okay. That's fine. Jen, I'm, I, I'm going to counter. Maybe it was the winds of fate. 
Yes. Uh, We're looking at this in very different ways. Exactly. And Richard, I'm going to have to remind myself that we're not just talking on the phone as we do. (laughs) And I'm going to have to remind myself not to complain and (laughs) mention all the names and things and numbers that I normally would bring up with you. Right. By now, we would have we would have just destroyed four different people. We would have buried four of our closest those closest (laughs) no um we would have destroyed various luminaries and none of that none of that yeah you have to really there's a different set of rules to a podcast and it (laughs) our relationship is so deeply intimate that now we're now on this podcast and we're there's going to be a distance that the listener is going to feel they're going to feel a coldness um (laughs) they're going to Halfway through, they're going to say, I can't take it. It was too frigid. I had to turn off the podcast. And I understand I that. Yeah. It's kind of like di- uh, a divorced couple, you know, <laughs> meeting for the first time in years. Jen, that said, how have you been? Pretty sure. Well, I've been, I've been good. I mean, I'm freshly back and squeaky clean from my tennis lesson. Oh. So that's where, I, that's where I've literally just been. Tennis lesson. Yes, I have taken up tennis and I get lessons from a my my husband and I, um, perhaps you've heard of him, Tommy. Um, <laughs> I have heard we, of Thomas. <laughs> yes, um, Thomas and I do these lessons once a week on Friday afternoons with this guy who looks like he's one of those Civil War guys where they look straight out like their face. You know, it's like sickly. I, you're, Not I sickly. Guess, well, I guess there's something almost. You're right. You, I mean it in the way where there's a timeless, it's actually not even timeless. It's a specific time. He looks like someone you'd see. He looks like a, a racist. Civil War documentary. I mean, listen, Bridger, he might listen to this because <laughs> everyone does. I know I'm not going to, I'm not even going to say his first name, but it rhymes with Rosh, <laughs> <laughs> but I won't say it. <laughs> You're getting lessons from uh Tosh Poino. What's his name? <laughs> Daniel Tosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Um, yeah. How long have you been taking tennis lessons? This is my second lesson. You're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is my second with Rosh. And then, okay. and then two years ago, maybe we got a lesson on vacation. So this is really technically my third. Okay. And are you yeah. now, is it's going to be a weekly lesson or is this just, that's you know, the, that's the hope, but I'm in, I'm currently in a tropical climate. Well, I actually don't know what you'd call Savannah, Georgia, where I'm weirdly living <laughs> just as I hide out from New York city right now, but there's a lot of rain and, and it's, it's like, it's, so there have been rain cancellations. Unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now prior to these lessons, did you play tennis at all? I only breathe. I did have lessons when I was like in sixth grade, but they were indoors. And so there was none of the glamour that you find on the outdoor court. And I also had none of the glamorous associations that I now have with tennis when I was learning as a child. So I, I just, I, I, my heart wasn't in it, but because of my growing interest in a few luminaries like Federer, like Serena, I now, and, and, and visits to England randomly during Wimbledon. I never went, but just, but it's like a party when, when Wimbledon's happening in London, it's like, it's like a party. And I just, it feels very, it, it feels really rich and, and fancy. And, and I, I like that. It feels like the tennis walls are closing in on you. I mean, you do, you do, 
strike me as a tennis player. You look like someone who plays tennis. I feel like I've seen you in a visor at some point. Oh, that uh, is so sweet. You know, you've just got a, you have a tennis aura around you. Thank you so much. I want to cultivate that. I mean, and that's why I, I just want I just want to be able to serve and have it look good. But there's no power in my serve right now. So we're going to have to. Now, back to this tennis coach. Yeah. Between you and Thomas, which one of you is more likely to have an affair with the coach? We were discussing this today. <laughs> we were discussing this because I was like, we paid him more this time because we think he's undercharging. And we were, and I was like, you know what? Let's just pay him more because he's so good. And then I was like, oh no, he's definitely going to think we're trying to have sex with him and that we're trying to like, <laughs> you know, who is more likely? Um, well, we have discussed, now it's out in the open. It wasn't really out in the open last <laughs> lesson, but now after this lesson, we did talk about it because this guy, you know, I mean, Winnie, a few times, like, look, look, it ain't, it ain't my fault, all right? A couple times he, like, does the serve, and it's like there's so much power, and he's so agile, and he's so seemingly effortlessly athletic, and he's also pretty, like, built and stuff. So, look, hey, <laughs> all right, with the third-degree pressure, okay? But, but Tommy, Tommy and I did talk about it, but, I mean, you know, he gets it. So I'm not even going to say me. I, I mean, me, but probably a three <laughs> would come before even just one of us. <laughs> I do feel like, you know, you get into the tennis lessons. That's just a given. Someone will be having an affair with the tennis coach. One thousand percent. You just do that before you even sign the sign up for it. you just say, you know, this is going to ruin our marriage, but we will be better tennis players at the end of it. I know from the first five minutes of working with this person i did understand the cliche i was like oh this really i get that now you're out in the sun you're swinging your bodies around <laughs> you're all wearing mini skirts <laughs> i mean i don't know exactly exactly but um yeah i i there's only maybe a 49 percent chance that it ruins my marriage and my life <laughs> <laughs> those odds are fine, those are yeah. fine odds. exactly um you've Wait, Bridger, hold on, hold on. <laughs> who, who in your and Jim's life are is most likely to crash your home and lure one of you into an affair? Like what sort of person? No, I mean a person in your life currently, like okay. that you've encountered together. I mean, or I guess you could go with the what sort of a person. But I was thinking, is there? I guess my the way I phrased it is actually a little bit harder for you to just so talk who, about. It. Like who is our current? Who is our Let's just yeah. say it. Well, I mean, who's our Daniel Tosh? Who's going to who currently is floating around ready to yes. destroy our relationship? <laughs> yes. um, you know, that's that's a hard one because we are in the middle of a pandemic and we haven't introduced a lot of new people to our lives recently. But I do yeah. feel like who am I seeing who who occasionally is around that could even possibly like a threaten. mail carrier. I mean, the mail, we do have the mail carrier coming by. You can't yeah. see his face. Okay. So uh, that's a hard one. I mean, but th you know, maybe he takes that off and suddenly he's just the hottest person <laughs> on the planet and he's irresistible. Uh, we did move into this house a little while ago and we've had like a handyman come by. That feels like an obvious choice. Right. Carlos yeah. comes by, seduces one of us. Yes. He's, you know, a sweet guy. Mm. Um, but other than that, I we truly see no one. There's a guy across the street who washes his car every single day. 
Oh my um, God. Uh, that could be, he's, uh, you know, in his <laughs> late sixties, early seventies. I don't know that he's really in the seduction game anymore, but he is out there washing his car constantly. Maybe he's trying to catch our eye. There's another guy up the street, an angry man who's constantly <laughs> working on his like, uh, muscle cars. Maybe he bullies one of us into having an affair with him. Uh, although there, I feel I'm almost feeling a homophobic air from him, which uh, I don't think he wants anything to do with us. Oh, um, Jesus! I'm, in your I'm, own backyard. In our own backyard. Jesus, homophobes in your own in my own yard. <laughs> the homophobe next door. <laughs> roaring around in his mustang uh, uh but you know those are, i mean those are options i'm, I'm yeah. not i'm not ruling any of those people out and it is the person you least expect although in your situation it's the person you <laughs> most expect so it's it's essentially the person who will ruin your relationship is anyone it yeah. really could be anyone and you have to keep your eyes open you've got to yeah. Especially if you're looking to cheat, you've got to keep your eyes open. You've got to be looking for those new candidates that you might be. You know, I'm out having, I'm out on a walk for an hour a day. There are people all over. I could be cheating nonstop. Jesus, Bridger. So, you know, suddenly if somebody Jim catches my Jim is going eye, to beat you. He's go- <laughs> Jim is going to be standing outside with his belt when you walk out of the room. And he's going to fucking beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen but you know this is the rules are have been thrown out we have yeah. been living in very close quarters for a full year i mean th- this podcast coincidentally is also kind of the uh, year anniversary of lockdown um which was a whole other situation you know i do feel i'm a conduit for evil forces or for the <laughs> some or for bad things to enter the planet last year last february i posted the first thing advertising this podcast and it said get ready for this podcast march 12th when all hell breaks loose that was i said get ready for when all hell breaks loose right march 12th comes the podcast is released literally the first day of the massive lockdowns Oh, my God. And I've predicted all sorts of things in the year, the past year. You know, most recently we talked about Daft Punk. Four days later, Daft Punk breaks up. Bridger, you, you're a Mormon witch. Okay? <laughs> you, we know that. You're a Mormon witch. Joseph Smith was reborn. That's a Mormon and you are witch. the second coming of Joseph Smith and you're a witch. <laughs> Wait, okay, so... We need to get back to. I also love what you just drank out of a giant Seinfeld mug. What is that's it? right. That's it's a kooky no soup for you mug. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Did that come with the place you're renting? You know what? It does. Seem, it's that's that's really does seem like a rental mug. But no, Thomas bought this for his dad, and the idea was that we were going to give it to his dad as a present because his dad loves you know the no soup for you sure. soup Nazi. Um, but that never panned out. I don't know why <laughs> we didn't give it to his dad, but um, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. No, I, I mean, how long have you had it? You, I mean, you're drinking out of it. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Thomas was excited. I think. Oh, I think he definitely. Got, oh, he got it at TJ's or Marshall's one time recently when we've gone for one of our very sad errands. <laughs> <laughs> Are the TJs and Marshalls in Georgia just open for biz? 
Oh, they're wide open, honey. They I mean, I guess are, they're open here now. Yeah, they're they're open, and um, we've we've gone just for like very random things where Tom, Thomas is, and I'm not interested in finding a deal. And so Thomas will like try to find a deal. Deals mean nothing to me. Um, <laughs> money means nothing to me. I live as though I have all the money I need. It's not true. But I just, I just don't, I don't think for one second about it. I'm just like, and I don't know what things cost. And I just, I want to keep living in, in my way. I feel like that that lines up for you. I, you make choices that are, you know, like when we go out to eat. I mean, we there was maybe the most memorable time we had brunch. We were in New York and it was probably 11 a.m. And let me see if I can recall what you ordered. You, I think you started out with fish tacos. You also got a hot chocolate. You had a raspberry lemonade. And then I think, did you order chicken fingers? No, or was it a more breakfast-oriented item? I asked Jim for one of his chicken fingers, and I ordered <laughs> something else of my own. What was, was the other? I had another savory thing, and I didn't like any of it. And that's why I asked Jim if I could have some of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you order. I, you're you're an interesting person because on an, a lot of levels, you are extremely classy. And then on a, uh, in like the realm of food, you order like it's your eleventh birthday party. I 1000% and I think it's like almost reminds me a little bit of this guy, Mick Napier, who's so funny that I don't know if you know him, like that Chicago, like legend dude, he, he started the annoyance theater. He's so funny. And he said that like, as an adult, he likes to go, I don't know if he still does this, but he likes to go to toy stores and he thinks back to being a kid and being in a toy store and how he couldn't, he couldn't get anything. But now if he has $40, he's like, a rich kid in a toy store. And I guess I just, I really love the, like the, the extreme sense of bounty that you have when you order everything you want at a restaurant. It just, it's not that much money to pay for a feeling that to me is like a really abundant, amazing feeling. I, I wish I could bring that into my own mind. As you know, I, I order bare minimum and my life is just constantly scraping by you and i share so many things but uh in other ways this is that is is just beyond that's like another lifetime like i would have to uh, be born in a new body in order to do to behave that way i know i know but i'm so inspired by your clarity of purpose your abstemiousness your focus i like that the essentialness you you're but so yeah i don't sometimes i disgust myself (laughs) i i I do sometimes because yeah i overdo it left and right (laughs) can you think of something recently you've overdone oh jesus i mean sure i i I definitely (laughs) can (laughs) um well actually overdone because the thing is it normally on the weekends, my habit, but this is, this was my, this is when I'm normally, when I'm in New York, I would most recently, but this is right before the lockdown, I was going to the Plaza cafeteria, which is in the basement of the Plaza. And it's not a cafeteria. It's all these fancy food stalls. It's, it's fucking awesome. And I would easily get, you know, $70 worth of like various moose cakes, tarts, just, <laughs> and, and basically throw myself a party. <laughs> like as when I, when I went back to the apartment and then pretty much, and, and then I would try to force Thomas to eat it over the rest of the weekend if I didn't finish it. And then I'd throw it away. Like I, <laughs> on Monday, I just throw it all away. But my, a recent overboard is, is probably a thing that I do a lot now where 
we, we go to this one outdoor seafood restaurant that has you, it's like, you're right by the water and it's really spaced out and it's ideal. And we order every It's so annoying. Like I have to almost acknowledge it to the waiter or else it's like, you know, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's, it's way more for two than two people, but I like to have bites of like many different things. So what are you like at this restaurant? What are you all ordering? Right, all What's, right. Here we go. I want to hear because this. When my parents came who, by the way, had COVID. So I had to not see them for, I ended up seeing at the tail end of their visit when they, oh, wow. when they were COVID free. Yes. Right. But, um, we, I didn't even order my full order because I was too ashamed to do it even in front of my own parents. But my full order would be, first of all, the hush puppies flow freely. You don't have to pay for those. They just keep coming. <laughs> so they give you a huge wooden bowl of hush puppies and we start with those. Then, and I'll, I'll do this quickly. This is, I, I get the coconut shrimp I get the bling bling shrimp. What the is a bling shrimp, bling shrimp? Okay. The coconut shrimp comes with marmalade. The bling bling is in this sambal aioli sauce. It's a spicy mayo, Ooh, basically. Delish. All right. I get fried green tomatoes. I get a side of cheese grits. I get sweet tea. <laughs> but I, I pretty much eat it all. And the thing is, Thomas is so large and he's one of those guys where it's like, you know, he'll make sure it's all gone. So I never feel guilty. It's actually wild to me that you and I can be friends because <laughs> you sitting there telling me about this order... If we were sitting at a table together, I would be sweating. I would be thinking this is going to be an enormous bill. I know, but so I it, it is. It's always an enormous, shockingly large bill. But I don't know. That's a, it's not that bad. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of shameful things, I mean, I don't. You know, I don't bring people on this podcast to embarrass them or to. It's not a gotcha podcast, you know, it's not a, oh, I tricked you sort of thing. It's, you know, it's a respectful venue where two adults come together and respect each other's wishes and just treat each other as equals. It is called I Said No Gifts, which, you know, you've known that for a long time. Uh, The podcast is out there on, you know, every service to listen to, to kind of familiarize yourself with. And the title, even if you don't listen to the podcast, it's fairly clear. I said no gifts. So, of course, we've talked about this. I was excited to have you on the show. Sure. Uh, we booked you a few weeks ago, and I was so thrilled. You know, Jen's got a new book, which we'll talk about, and I was excited to talk about that and just to see your face. And so it was a little, I don't I don't even know what the word was. I don't even know what to, how to describe the feeling at this point, but unsettling. When I uh, opened the door recently to find a package, which was not something I had ordered. It was not something Jim had ordered. You know, I went through my little black book. And nobody I knew had sent me a package. I realized, uh, you know, I had Jim open it because... You never know when a mysterious package comes, whether it's going to be full of white powder or some other dangerous object. Um, he said, I think it might be a <laughs> gift from Jen. And I, of course, you know, took a few days just to cool down, reset. And I, I have to ask you, Jen, is this a gift for me? I understand why you're asking because there was no note, no card, <laughs> which is is slightly unusual um, in the bestowing of a gift. Yeah, I, I want to say it is for you and it's a okay. gift for you. And um, I gave it with a I gave it to you because I want to teach you a lesson about <laughs> um, 
respect, respecting me. <laughs> so I broke you. Okay. I mean, you and- did break me. You know, there was the the sweating, the stress, the you know, yes. outbursts that over those cor- the course of those few days. Yeah. Well, I, this is this is what I wanted to do, and so I did not take you into account. <laughs> I didn't take you into account. I mean, while we're here, you know, yeah. we're clearing the air here. I just, do you want me to open the gift? I do want you to open the gift, and I I wonder if I can. I'm bummed because there was a part one and a part two unrelated okay. gifts. I, and we only have one gift and I wonder even if it's worth it to tell you what part two is. You would tell me part two prior to me opening part one. No, we, let's open part one. All right. You they know, are unrelated. Okay. The they thing. are unrelated. I simply so. couldn't, I simply had two ideas and I went with <laughs> two gifts. It's the, uh, okay. You know what? I'm not going to say anymore. I will say it's in this beautiful packaging. It says happy birthday. There's a big one on it um, with a tissue paper. Did it's Jim absolutely do that? gorgeous. Jim did that? It's impossible to say who could have possibly done this at this point. Oh. Was it me? It's hard to say. What matters is that it's in the packaging and it which uh, it needs to be opened. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in. Here. Please, please dive in. Oh. Get the tissue here and just, you know, this is the one-year anniversary. Let's really crinkle it up. Let's just... Okay. We're reaching into the box, into the bag here. Now, there's a box. So... <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, maybe it is the... So, I'm going to open this up. We're going to be oh very careful. See what's happening in here. I'm not... I'm going in blind. Oh. Oh boy, <laughs> Jen! <laughs> this there's so much to say here. I'm looking at Martha Stewart's Cookie Perfection Cookie Book. This is something a hundred plus recipes to take your sweet treats to the next level. That's Jen, right. This speaks to me in so many ways. I don't even know where to begin. Is one of them because you, what are your feelings about Martha? Let's just get into Martha Stewart. Oh, right thank off God. Bat. Thank God. This podcast, you know, we've, and we will, we will talk more about cookies in a moment. This podcast, almost every episode, I can't avoid talking about cookies. It's one of the subjects that I just lose my mind over, but let's get into Martha Stewart because that's another subject. Yeah. Martha Stewart. And I don't know, Martha Stewart's been part of my life since probably the early 90s because my mom loved Martha oh. Stewart. Oh, God. So I'll just say that I am obsessed with Martha Stewart. I want to, but I do want to hear how you feel about Martha Stewart. Okay. Well, I, we've never discussed Martha Stewart. Nevertheless, I associate you with Martha. I assumed you would absolutely love Martha's coiled rage. <laughs> of course. Now that's something I would. I, so I knew that you'd love that. And the strained, you know, perfectionism. There's a detail um, that I'm recalling now that if you love Martha, I think you'll love. Um, at, at a Christmas party at the late show where I used to work as a writer, uh, one of the camera guys for one of Martha's TV shows, he was one of the camera guys for the TV okay. show. And he said, somehow he knew this. How did he know this? That in, I don't know which her Hamptons house, I think when she would have the driveway power washed, 
the flag. It was a flagstone driveway where she would have each flagstone removed and washed separately. Yeah. I need you to know that. And then, you know, you know, the Louboutin, the Louboutin thing, the shoe thing with her Louboutins. Oh, so she, you know, Louboutins, which are the red sole heels. um, She would have an assistant um, Sharpie them in. Really? She didn't want the red sole. Didn't want the red sole, but she just loved the Louboutin. Wow. She loved the shape of the shoe. She loved the feel, but she wanted it to be cheaply covered with marker. Well, exactly. What's odd is there's no way to love the feel. It's it's one of the right, most uncomfortable a- shoes. Insane. But no, the flag staff thing is much more like something that you could never have, you know, that of course fits with Martha, but is insane. So she had every stone removed. I'm I'm picturing a giant rock tumbler that she's having them run through or putting each one in the dishwasher. Oh my what, God. How long does that take? And that can't possibly be true. You're right. It doesn't. Yeah, because it's like I know what flagstone looks like. How do you take it out? I don't I don't know. It was such a weird thing to tell me. And also such a boring thing. That's, yeah, it's not like the the sort of myth that's like, wow, what a what an exquisite uh, larger than life thing. It's like she was no. cleaning rocks, but just in the most wild way you could possibly think of. Exactly. But that's what we love about Martha Stewart is Martha will not stop. She goes to every extreme to make her life exquisite. Did you love her when your mom loved her as a kid? When my mom loved her, I think, you know, there was a among my siblings and I, we all kind of resented Martha Stewart because we had to watch the show. I think it was on every Sunday. But then there was also the element of loving the show. You got to watch this woman make perfect cookies and improve her home. And she's a calming presence, despite the fact that clearly she's ready to strangle everyone around her at all times. Yes. Um, But there was never a time that I genuinely disliked Martha Stewart. Oh, no. And she was also like providing recipes that, you know, our mom would make for dinner and this kind of thing. So uh, and she's always has been kind of inherently ridiculous, too, which is just fun to watch. I mean, Martha, I know you're listening. Come on the podcast. You're not ridiculous. You're fantastic. Um, I genuinely love Martha Stewart because she's such a bizarrely layered person. There's that weird sheen, the perfection. There's the anger that's constantly simmering and threatening to boil over. And then there's the criminal element. There's also, in the last year, she's gone feral. Uh, you're, you're not on Instagram, are you? I lurk. Martha Stewart's Instagram is top five. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's not in there for me. Oh, my God. I okay. mean, there's like there's kind of a, an almost sinister element to it. Wow. Uh, I like I feel like there's occasionally references to things dying or death. And then she'll post photos where it's just like this is a, a little evil. Whoa. And then I also feel like she's fun. I feel like she's also just like she enjoys herself on some level. Yep, you do feel like she actually has fun and enjoys her thing. Right. This is a, you know, this is a woman who has been to prison, who has also knows how to perfectly decorate a sugar cookie. I mean, <laughs> the the things that Martha Stewart contains is so beyond. She's friends with Snoop Dogg. It feels like a genuine friendship at this point. Right. Did you grow up with Martha Stewart? No, I, not really, because my mom is so much more sort of 
my mom didn't wasn't interested in any homemaker related kind of like right. icons that okay. just isn't her thing. She she was much more interested. I mean, it was much more like the I mean, like in terms of magazines, Veranda, Architectural Digest. She loves interior design. And, and it's, it's a little bit of basically of a more it's it, she's just she probably really likes Martha. But my mom is so elitist that Martha's world <laughs> I think she likes it, but she isn't going to, she just was never a follower. Interesting. Um, so when, exactly. did, when did Martha really, I mean, what's your exposure to Martha then? Probably an early exposure was simply when I started at college at Barnard, which is a women's college in Manhattan, Martha went. Oh, I didn't know Martha, Martha went to Barnard. She's an alum. She's an alum. Yeah. So you learn very quickly that Martha Zornel Hurston, Joan Rivers, and wow. one of the girls from like, there was a reality show. What the fuck? It was with, it was with Ralph, it was with Tommy Hilfiger's daughter. There was a reality show, I think on MTV in like 2003, it was Tommy Hilfiger's daughter and her, and Tommy Hilfiger's daughter's best friend. And the best <laughs> friend went to Barnard and she was my year. And so like, it was this big deal that she was there. I don't remember the name of the show or her, her name. Oh, and wait, were they filming the show like while she was in college? Yes, little bit they were there. I remember Dustin Hoffman's daughter was there. So oh, you saw Dustin Hoffman moving her in. Yeah. I mean, it's not Brown, okay, where there really are a lot of celeb kids, but Barnard has some celeb kids. Wow. And I mean, let's be honest, Jen Spira. Oh, my God. Jen Spira's, I mean, what an incredible. Uh, my daughter is. My, right. My daughter does go to Barnard. No. Well, I, listen, Martha Stewart wasn't Martha Stewart was just Martha when she was there. She wasn't the icon. You're so right. She was just Martha and she was I think she was probably modeling as well when she was there. Um I learned that she was a model. But yeah, that's I think I was aware that she went to Barnard and then she just always she always just seemed like a almost like a Commedia dell'arte character of like the perfect woman, but the thing is the coldness was always there. That the she's I that but that's what I'm attracted to her. I'm attracted of course. to how there's yeah that it, she seems really cold. Anyone can be friendly and do recipes on TV, but when there's a like an aspect of like oh I don't think she would be friends with me or I exactly. think she would like order my hit you know have me killed then I'm I'm in. I've exactly that person encompasses everything <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because actually this, this, the strategy, I also associate with you, a master <laughs> tactician who's thinking 4d chess, you are 40 oh, steps yes. ahead and like the complicated diabolical strategizing. <laughs> I, I do also see you guys in that way. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's got 101 cookie recipes, you know, it's amazing. Exactly. It's really, did you ever see uh, the TV movie Martha Inc.? Oh, no. Now this was starring Sybil Shepard. It was, I love uh, Sybil. I believe it was made shortly after Martha went to prison, but uh, oh. Sybil plays Martha Stewart. It's absolutely horrible, but... I own it on DVD. It's oh. such an enjoyable watch. Oh, I can't um, wait. You know, Sybil's out there throwing a copper pot at uh, somebody at some point. It, you know, there are a lot of real breakdowns. Uh, I don't know how true to life it is, but I hope I pray that it's close. I never saw the sequel. There was Martha Behind Bars. That one was never released on DVD, and I've tried to track <laughs> it down. I've tried to pirate it. I don't know where to get Martha behind bars. So if oh anyone out there knows how to get Martha behind bars, Sybil Shepard, 
I assume the whole thing is in prison. <laughs> what does that even look like as a TV movie? Yeah, I, I can't believe I've never even heard of it, but that sounds so fun. Just a great evening. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, bad television at its best. And Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm watching it now. I'm not even paying attention. I'm just, I'm thinking about it and I'm watching it. I'm loving it. I, um, I loved it so much that, you know, probably 14 years ago or so, I made a compilation of clips from Martha Inc. and put them on YouTube, early YouTube days. And months later, I got an email from none other than Sybil Shepard's assistant saying, they loved the montage. Ah. Could they get their own copy on DVD? Ah. So I, I, of course, was thrilled out of my mind. I sent it to them. Ah. Sybil sent me ah. a signed headshot <laughs> and a Sybil Shepherd mouse pad, which no. I think I only recently had to throw away because it kind of just cr turned to crumbs, which was weird. I don't know what it was made of. Probably something radioactive. That's... Richard, that's in, that's the most that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Is that something that celebrities have or do? Like that's, At some I mean, point. that's the equivalent of the Derek Jeter, you know, gift basket when a woman would like, you know, he'd like have someone and they'd eat his ass and then he would send them that gift basket that was like the Derek Jeter. <laughs> this is like a known thing where like you'd go to Derek Jeter's penthouse, you'd eat his ass, and then he would send you this gift basket with all of this swag. Like, like what? A, like a Jer Derek Jeter t-shirt? I think it was way, it was a lot of good stuff. I, I think there must have been Yankee stuff, but like, I, I guess like, even when you're really fancy important, the, the swag bags that you get on the late night shows, I don't think they're that I think it's like when you're an Oscar nominee and you get those crazy swag things, right. probably like a tooth whitening kit, <laughs> you know, like the a perfect tooth thing. whitening kit. Exactly. And some weird piece of jewelry from David Yerman and just like random shit. Right. Like a mini disc player, um, yes. a new TV, this kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And I just can't believe that you got that from Sybil and it was a mouse pad. It was a mouse pad that said Sybil disobedience. <laughs> oh my god and it was kind of like the uh like the warhol pop effect of four of her faces in different colors i don't i have to imagine sybil des designed this thing who else is out there designing sybil shepherd mouse pads uh but i, I mean, hope that that still is going on because that almost feels like a frivolous early aughts thing oh, and i really hope that we get back to that late roman thing and where we can have frivolity and access like that right. Where every celebrity has a mouse pad uh you know just absolute nonsense that does not just the gravy the gravy of society that's amazing bridger that's like such a great that's crazy it was uh, you know i that's still to this day is probably the uh it wasn't quite an, an encounter but we'll call it a celebrity <laughs> encounter uh the fact that, that I have counts. there's like a DV, a burnt DVD of mine floating around Sybil Shepherd's house, and I had to throw away her mouse pad. Sybil, if you have any left, again reach out, <laughs> reach out to Martha. Maybe you to reconcile. I'm sure there's still some, but that's all water under the bridge. The movie came out years ago. Back to the podcast. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> just talking to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Martha Stewart. We, I mean, I could, I could just launch a whole other podcast. Maybe that's my next move. Is the Martha Cast? 
But uh, let's talk about cookies, because this is another subject that I love to talk about. Jen, do you like cookies? I feel like they yeah. they must be a thing you like it to eat. I do. I love cookies. Actually, I it's funny. I recently had, and I'm I'm, I'm writing a story, and I think it might be an essay about a humiliating experience I had with a Girl Scout just a few days ago. What? <laughs> Can you talk about it? I can actually. It will be the first time that I talk about it publicly. Um, <laughs> I so. Here in Savannah, which coincidentally um, is the birth of the Girl Scouts, Juliet oh, Gordon Lowe. Yes, the, the Girl Scout founder, Juliet Gordon Lowe, um, is from here. Um, and horrible, amazing detail about her. I mean, she, on her wedding day, a grain of rice that people were throwing in celebration at her and the groom as they walked to like a carriage lodged in her eardrum and completely what? like basically. She immediately, like, she it never, they couldn't get it out. It basically, like, took away her hearing. She was, like, then mostly deaf. And it was, you know, such a, and it was, like, a horrible marriage. But anyway, Girl Scouts are from here, whatever. I thought there would actually be a lot more Girl Scout visibility. There is not, okay? <laughs> it's just like a normal city, which I find <laughs> disappointing. But um, I was on a jog, I, you know, around Forsyth Park, which is, like, their central park, Saturday morning. I see a sign in the ground that says Girl Scouts cookies that way, Okay. okay. So then I, I follow it and I see that there's a little stand and, you know, with a, with a little girl scout and she's wearing like a huge sash and she's, it's, it's like, I've never bought cookies from a girl scout. I've only had these like interactions, these very uh, like adult joyless interactions where a need is being met and there's no like even conversation and an office. Like a coworker pressures a co-worker. you into it or that Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, not really. They don't have to, they don't have to. Uh, twist my arm to her. <laughs> it's more like, more like me really being like, where can I get them in the building? And like trying to figure it out. But um, so I've never actually done a live buy. So I was kind of excited about like doing it from a Girl Scout. So I had to jog home, get cash, come back, get in line. Finally, I'm I'm back. And first, my mask is a little bit askew. My ma- like you know, my mask is a little bit hanging off one it's ear. Dangling so from your ear. <laughs> It's dangling from my ear. Fine. And so the Girl Scout points at it and like is giggles and it's like your mask. So I was like, okay, this is, I hate you. And this is starting badly. So I fix it. And I'm like, my order is a Samoa's. So I'm like, can I get a Samoa's? She gets it for me. And then at a certain point, she's really, she's really cute. She's blonde. She's little. She's probably eight. She's a lisp. So when I hear that she's a lisp, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe talking like a little girl scout with a lisp. This is like so fun. Like I want to hear more. So I just ask her, what's your favorite flavor? So then she like skips around and comes, there's like a a sneeze guard. She comes around to the front next to me. She shows me they've got some new or s'mores or there's one called toast. Yay. That's the new flavor, but her favorite, her favorite is s'mores. And she's like, Oh, they're so good. And if you just put it in the mic, um, you might get for two seconds that it's so good. (laughs) Like, like, Straight up like a cartoon character. And I was like, oh, that's so great. And I thought I was just mimicking her enthusiasm in a sort of normal way. Right. I didn't think I seemed overly enthusiastic or overly zealous. So then I give her the cash and she's like, you want to make a donation? I'm like, sure. It's a dollar. Then she's not giving me the cookies. I think she like forgot. So I'm like, okay, the cookies. So then <laughs> I think there might've been no affect in my voice when I said it in a way that I think betrayed my, my, the urgency that I felt to get home <laughs> with the box. So, <laughs> so then she's like, Oh, 
So then she gives me the cookies and I'm like, thanks. I'm walking away. She's like, wait, then I come back and she comes back and she hands me a, a card and she's like, this is my cookie website. Um, you can buy it. You can order more for me. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And she's like, you look like a person who might want more. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then there's a, there's a middle-aged woman behind me who then hears that and like starts like guffawing. And as the little girl scout is laughing at me and the woman is laughing at me, I just turn and leave. And, <laughs> and, and the problem is I have to fucking look her in the face tomorrow. Cause I have to go back tomorrow. <laughs> this is incredible. Just being harassed by this uh, little devil. She knew that it was sort of shaming. She, to she totally was old enough to understand. She started to laugh as she said it to me. Oh, no. and I was like, okay. Who is this person? I don't know. Oh, no. I wish I could find another location, but now I got the taste. So right, I need of it course. again. <laughs> now, did you just get one box? I do because it's like, for me, it's like a loaded gun in the right, apartment. You can't have you know? a bunch of, I mean, no. you will pull the trigger and. Exactly. Right, exactly. Right. But, but no, love them, love those. And also recently have had, have really been, there's this one that Alison Roman has. Oh, Allison. And I don't know. Yes, Alison. I don't know if you know Alison. <laughs> 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 Wait, what, what is her, which recipe of hers? It's actually her, it's ginger chocolate molasses. Oh, interesting. It's a very adult, sophisticated right. profile. It's, it's very intense and almost, it's like salty and intense, but then I have to get my Betty Crocker, my icing tub. I have to keep, I, <laughs> I, I'm going through these so fast. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I choose to ice it. So wait, wait, you're icing the Allison Roman cookie. I am icing that cookie. Yeah. What type of icing are you putting on there? Betty Crocker vanilla. Oh, oh, I love what it. Is, yeah. I can't even. I love I, it. I'm going to just quickly look this mm. up so I can at least visualize what in the hell okay, is happening. Okay, listen, I have the first time that I really got down and dirty with this specific icing. It was actually at the Ronald McDonald house in Pittsburgh. Okay. So okay. I was volunteering when I, I was there with my friend, Sammy, I think it was related to my synagogue and we were doing some thing, a volunteer thing, but Sammy and I just went in the basement and we found a tub of this icing and we just ate it. And that was our <laughs> contribution to Ronald McDonald house. <laughs> just stealing their frosting. Stealing their frosting from the children. <laughs> So that's when I first had it. I was like, this is so fucking good. So ever since the, that afternoon to the Ronald McDonald house, I, I crave it. And oh yeah, Bridger, it's, it's so like okay, trashy. So I've, I've now seen the cookie and it makes a little more sense to me. I thought you were, I thought this was some sort of chocolate chip cookie that you were dumping frosting all over. It's like a, it's a one flavor cookie. It's a one flavor cookie. And indeed iced molasses cookies are a thing. Right. Those and are so a respectable. This makes sense. Yeah, on exactly. On some level. It's not, you know, the thing I was picturing was truly chaotic. And I right. was wondering. It's somewhat less chic when I, I ice it, but then I also bring the tub and a knife with me and I sit there and <laughs> re-ice it as I go. <laughs> <laughs> that frosting is very good. Uh, like if you get, I like that chocolate. You put that on a graham mm. cracker. Oh, forget that's it. nice. I love a frosted graham cracker. Oh, good. Okay. That feels very, that feels Mormon actually. Yeah, that does feel very Mormon. I mean, I think any dessert, any sweet that uh, can serve the whole family is a very Mormon. Yes. Can serve the whole family. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're making, you're, you're actually baking these cookies though. 
I am. And I, 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 I keep a lot of the dough frozen. And then because I basically am on this schedule where it's like, I gain probably six pounds every weekend. And then I try like hell to lose it during the week. <laughs> and then I do it again. And I'm definitely going to do that until it's over. Right. Right. I, I, I do want to circle back to Girl Scouts for a minute, because I'd like to know if you have like a top three or top five of Girl Scout cookies. Oh, sure. I just have a top two. I mean, my, my tippy top is Samoa. Okay. And then I really, really, really like Thin Mints too. Right, and that's where right. it ends. And I have no interest in the other ones. What about you? I mean, I was going to say, first of all, this awful little girl with the s'more thing. I I feel like I've had one of the s'more, unless they've, unless they've changed the recipe. I remember them being garbage. Yeah. I mean, okay. And again, let's, let's say, you know, Girl Scouts, wonderful. What, as far as I know, what they're doing is wonderful. Uh, I haven't looked into it. I don't know if there's any darkness. It's probably there. like one of those Orthodox cars for kids scams that is about <laughs> to be blown. It's got to be a scam because it says all on the box, like all the things. They're so nebulous, like <laughs> what the organization does. It's, it's an, I think it's Orthodox Jewish men are, <laughs> well, I just think it's probably similar to cars for kids, and we're going to find out. <laughs> All that said, as far as we know, Girl Scouts are doing wonderful things. Sure. That said, I'm not that crazy about most of the cookies. I like a thin mint. I will eat a, a frozen thin mint. I don't know anyone who doesn't like a thin mint. If you don't like it, I I don't know what to tell you. And then after that, I would probably say, I don't think I like any of the other ones, to be honest. Oh I would love God. to love okay. a tag along, but I feel like they really just uh, fall flat on their face. They just taste like four different types of wax um of what other ones are available there's like I the mean, one that's you don't just like, like samoa that's the one samoa again is something where i'm like yes every element here is something i should like okay put, what is it coconut caramel and chocolate yeah is there anything else there just the little shortbread part all i'm asking is i want to taste these flavors more strongly and i don't feel like i'm i feel like i'm just getting sweet what is your number one my number one cookie it over to make to make i guess to make to make it's a chocolate chip cookie and now that mm. of course there are so many different types you know i've recently been making these ones called uh they're pan banged chocolate chip cookies i read about that the crinkle thing right and i That's wish i could cool. remember the baker who kind of made them famous i think sarah something um I do like making those, although they make Jim mad because, you know, I'm over in the oven slamming this uh, the cookie sheet every two minutes. And it's very loud and annoying. But then Wait, Bridger, you, you, how many do you allow yourself at a sitting? Two. I'm making okay. two cookies for myself each day. Lovely. And what's your drink? My drink is milk. What what percent? Skim milk. OK. So <laughs> There we go. What is your drink? Well, listen, <laughs> I fucking love whole milk. I just want to unhinge my jaw. Okay, so I don't let myself have whole milk all the time because, I mean, that is like, if I could, I'd drink a gallon a day. It's all <laughs> I, it's all I want to drink, obsessed. I mean, when I have my... When I eat my cookies, unfortunately, I'm fuck, I'm drinking it with almond milk because I don't oh. let myself. I can't have real milk around. Honestly, a treat for me is on the weekends. I will maybe buy a quart of whole milk and okay. I'll let myself have it. And it's just, oh god, 
<laughs> See, the thing Sorry. with almond milk, I've tried almond milk with a cookie before, and there's like a weird, almost uh, acidity or something that comes with it. Like, it doesn't pair the way you no. want it to pair. I'm, I've, I've just trained myself. It's really not ideal, but I, I drink so much milk um, until I went, until I switched to almond milk. You know, I would drink... I would definitely, I'd probably drink a quarter day of milk and it's not that good for you, you know? So I, I, I right. went to almond. It's not ideal, but I feel less, less anxious. Okay. Maybe it's time for me to make the switch. I mean, I had to obviously train myself to like skim milk. I mean, we're, I, I think we were the last two adults in America ever drinking milk. Completely. And also as a Jewish person, people don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, my <laughs> dinner that I would love is like a glass of milk and like a roast beef and cheddar cheese sandwich slathered in mayo. And I'm like, I don't know. I think oh my, well, my dad is my dad is Polish Catholic. So I think this must oh, be like makes Catholic sense. blood because right. I love mayo and I love whole milk. <laughs> <laughs> bloody just dripping bloody roast beef with cheddar cheese and so much mayo just sl <laughs> flushing it around with the whole milk <laughs> that is <laughs> sorry i cannot I drink milk with a meal i can drink it with a dessert oh, but not okay. a meal i draw the line okay oh jen do you like arby's you know it's funny i have never had arby's and i've always had this high you know, this like nose in the air attitude about right. it, just despite liking things that are shitty. So would I love, <laughs> would I love Arby's? I, I listen, I think Arby's has been so completely unfairly maligned over the it years. Has, yeah. I think this restaurant is wonderful. I mean, of course it's garbage food. It's fast. You know, you're eating trash. Right. I love Arby's. I love a roast beef sandwich. I love a curly fry. Oh, so do a I. Chicken I... finger. I don't know what to tell people. Okay, everything you just said is amazing. And I, I don't know why I've always turned my nose up at Arby's because I, I like other things that are shitty. I mean, when I lived when I lived in Chicago, I learned about Culver's. Okay, now Culver's oh, is... God. I've been to Culver's once, uh, years and years ago, and uh, I came away feeling very sad. I, oh. I ate in the restaurant with a friend... And there was a weirdness to it. There was something that felt extremely off. And I feel like even on the menu, there was like a quote that said, I'm feeling blue, which because I think their <laughs> color is blue or something. But you don't want to put that on a fast food restaurant menu. People are coming in probably borderline depressed and they don't want to be reminded while they're eating, you know, their butter hamburger. What city was it? In? This was in Utah. This was, I think, the first Culver's in Utah. Whoa. Okay. And what I sensed something weird, but I wonder if it was what you sensed. What was weird about it to you? First things first, it was brand new. And this was probably 2006, 2007. Mine was sparkling, spanking new. <laughs> yes. Brand new. But <laughs> everything about it, if other than the fact that it was extremely clean and new, it looked like it, it could have been 1987. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like the decor, everything about it, it felt very cluttered and uh i felt like it uh, closed in and uh claustrophobic the lighting was weird uh as opposed to the glassed in atrium at arby's <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are, it's the same i mean bridger that's Listen, all the, same. the skylight the beautiful <laughs> the, the flower arrangements of your typical arby's uh <laughs> just kind of the open air feel of your arby's <laughs> Um, no, there was something about it that did not sit right with me. 
uh, and I think that affected the way I uh, felt about the food. Okay, that that makes sense. I mean, it, mine was weird too. It reminded me of what what used to weird me out about chick-fil-a which i really of course do try to never patronize thank but you sometimes yes i mean my you know for my friends in the community <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 so wrong it's such a bad place but the teens are so happy there and it was the same one with my culvers it was like they it was just it was like these teens and it seemed a little bit like twilight zoney with like how happy they were and enthusiastic right. they were about the work Right. Yeah, there I think Culver's Chick-fil-A not a, not a friend of the podcast, not a no. friend of any of us. Uh and in and out are all they all have kind of a an extremely chipper employee. Although I will say at an in and out it feels authentic. I feel like whoever they I think because in and out pays okay. Maybe yeah. not incredible, but I feel like they get people who are kind of happy to be working. Sure. Yeah, and I guess as long as like once once like it catches on, like it's the cool place to work. The right. kids actually want to work there. I mean, if they're kids, yeah, then it's sort of fun. But when you're not a kid, it's not. It's fun. <laughs> you're feeling blue. <laughs> you're you're just feeling, feeling blue. blue. <laughs> Jen, you have a book. I mean, you know, this is this podcast is not a late night show and it feels weird to just bring up a thing that people need to hear about. But I want to talk about your book. Oh, my God. It's called Big Time and it's tremendously funny. Oh, Bridger. Was it a nightmare to write? I, to me, the, the self-control and the work ethic required to write a book, I don't understand how that even works. That is such a great question because, I mean, yes, it was, I mean, a lot of writers when they're writing a book, I mean, and this is a, this is a short story collection. It's not a novel, but, um, a lot of people will say that they cannot read while they're writing because, you know, they don't want their writing to be influenced. I'm not like that at all. I mean, I, I am reading things to inspire me. I'm also reading things that are adjacent to, if I'm playing with a genre, I'm going to steep myself in that genre and read that kind of shit. But I also just on a very bare bones level needed to be reading books to remind myself that it was even possible to write a book (laughs) because as I was doing it, it felt so impossible that I, I had to literally hold a book in my hands and be like, someone else did it. So like it it can happen. I mean, the the challenge, especially for me was I was coming off of seven years of being in a writer's room, either at the onion for three years at, at Colbert for over four years. And that's like, you know, you're, you're on a staff, you're on the clock, you write with other people, you know, it's so supervised. And you're also of course, serving a pre-established editorial voice. Right. And this was like being unleashed and no rules. And also at both of my old jobs, I kind of had this reputation of, Oh, don't ask Jen if that's too dark. Don't ask that her if like, (laughs) if that is actually funny because I, my sensibility is so specific and sometimes weird and sometimes dark. And so it was heady and exciting, but also scary to be the boss and have no one. Yeah. Because no one was telling me, no, I couldn't blame it on anybody else. That's the best part about working on a TV show. I mean, if it turns out bad, you just point a finger at someone else or say it was a mess. (laughs) Well, look, I did everything I could. Exactly. There's so many people to blame. I mean, (laughs) all around you and all above you. Absolutely. No, it never, it never, um, has to reflect on you. Yeah, you can just wash your hands of the whole thing. And then if it's a success, you can, uh, as you see, if you watch the Emmys, one person can take all of the credit and you can, you know, 
there you can either blame everyone or take all of the credit for yourself. It's really a wonderful game. And wait, what are you talking about with the Emmys? What am I forgetting? I'm just talking about in general, when someone wins an oh, Emmy. Oh, exactly. Oh, my. Oh, wins an Emmy. Oh, for some reason, my mind went to writing the Emmys uh, only because when Jen I'm wrote sure the Emmys, she took all the credit. <laughs> Yeah. No, but well, I mean, I know you guys must have, Jimmy must have posted and you must have written the Emmys one year. Um, sure. I never, while Jimmy, while I was at Kimmel, I don't think he hosted anything. Okay. I could be wrong. Oh, okie dokie. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, when you're writing a book, your name's just there on the front. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's what stand ups say where it's like, it's all the glory but then, I mean, the if it's bad, then that failure is so exquisitely yours. Right. And right. that is, then that's bad. Have we even s- said the name of the book? It's called, have I said Big <gasps> Thank Time? Thank you. It's you called have. Big it's called, time. Yes, you, you said it, honey. It's called Big Time. You said it. You said it again. <laughs> I feel like it would almost be more difficult to write a short story collection because you get to the end of one short story you're not building on it. You know, you, you're writing a novel. You know, there's a beginning and an end. You have to think of, I mean, how many stories are in your book? 15? 14. Four, wow, I'm very, I'm excellent yes. guess there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are 14 beginnings and ends. That's, and two, at least two of them are long novella, well, almost length stories. Yes. You know what? The title story, Big Time, I think actually is a novella. It's definitely over 100 pages. One of the longer stories, which is called The Boyfriend Identity, is actually, I don't think I've told you this, it's going to be, The New Yorker is going to run it in parts. They're actually, oh, no way. Seri- yeah, they're doing an excerpt and they're serializing it. I know. Oh, that's great. I know. So that'll be neat. So that's going to be online. But yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, I think it's, it's funny because now I'm starting to sketch out a novel and my impulse is to just, I mean, the the beauty of the short stories is that like you get to play in different worlds, you get to put it down and then you get to try something completely new. And so like, there's just like extreme freedom there. But I think that then the trade-off is whatever, I mean, not that like novels should have fat, not that they should have pointless digressions, (laughs) you know, but it seems like a lot of them do, you know, and it seems like there's like, that's actually almost like the pace is so much slower. It's such a slower burn that it almost allows for fat all over the place. Right. I mean, the novel is like the last medium where you can just kind of do whatever you want, not worry about, can we produce this? Will this, yes. you know, you can go in any direction. I mean, it might fail, as, but you can go in any direction you want for as long as you want and then head back to the story. It's uh, And that's what's beautiful or terrible about a novel. Yeah. Well, I mean... I, I agree. You can you can do whatever you want. It seems like there's more leeway for having a novel not work. You know, right. I mean, I do read so many contemporary things and sometimes I'm like, gee, like this is just isn't working for me. But I guess but it's considered to be something that's incredibly successful. And but with a short story, you just don't have the leeway. I no. mean, there can't be these pointless digressions or, you know, so, so in that way, it does kind of force you to like figure out what you're doing. And I mean, well, uh, the book's wonderful. It's so oh, funny. I mean, I'm truly so everybody needs to read this book. It's my feeling on, sh- especially in humor, short stories frequently can be clever and not funny. Jen Spira writes a short story that is both clever and just like on a very deep physical level 
funny. The sort of thing that makes you laugh out loud rather than smirk. And I need comedy that makes me laugh. So it's uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's also just wild, a wild collection of stories. It is wild. Albridger, I'm so glad. I mean, the laughing out loud is so special because I also do it so infrequently. And but when you texted me one of the lines from one of the wilder stories, shockingly, that story is one of the wildest. It's it's called The Birthday Girl, and it's it's about a oh, thank you. I mean. (laughs) It's just about a crazy birthday weekend. I like making fun of that um, because I am actually a crazy birthday girl. And I I didn't know that about you. You know, it's more it's I don't actually rope people into some crazy party, but invariably it's never enough. No one did enough. (laughs) I'm mad at everyone. No one celebrated me enough. And I'm disgusted that I'm like that. So it, it was, it, it's a very wild birth, 34th birthday celebration that happens on an island. Um, the story, but amazingly, Bridger, even though that one's fucking insane, that was one of the stories I was really scared to show to my editor. Cause I was like, this is crazy. I think he's going <laughs> to, I think he's going to like rethink this with me, but then that is the one that people like, and they don't even have to be weird. Like normal people who I don't even think would, would like something so fucking crazy and dark. <laughs> they're into it. It, it really go it, like from the first page of that story just goes at a thousand miles an hour and just escalates. And like, it doesn't feel like it could escalate any further than it does. And it's incredible. I do try to keep the stakes just ratcheting up. <laughs> That's that is fun. I mean, like the the writers I love the most do that and. That's a good thing to do. Now, Jen, I don't want to, you know, I've calmed down from the other gift. I just want to know what the second thing was. That- okay. I'm so glad you asked. The thing is, I I really was starting to, as soon as I sent it to you, I was like, oh my God, is this going to be so weird? I took the gift too seriously because obviously it's lame to give you a real gift. And that is the, that is what I, I did, which was lame. I don't think that's lame. No, it is. You've got to give you like an asparagus. You've got to give you like three sprigs of asparagus that like I grew in my backyard <laughs> and then we talked about the asparagus. Okay. So what this actually actually was it's so Bridger it's a it's a it's a money clip that's engraved okay (laughs) okay and it's a money clip that's engraved with I think that it's just Bridger baby I need you love Jen (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful But, but that's just lost in the mail no, it's, it can't be. I bet it's coming to you. I mean, like I will, <laughs> I will obviously track it now. I, I, cause it was definitely supposed to get there, but I mean, don't worry. It's not like silver or something, you know, it's from, it's from some <laughs> website. $10, called $10, <laughs> oh my God. No, but, but I just, I, I thought I've never bought a money clip for a man before, but I just was like, I could see you almost having a money clip. I would absolutely, I mean, if that came into my life, I would drain my savings account into oh. cash and have it all in that money clip. No, no, it's comedy, honey. I, I'm getting it there, okay? It's, it's, it's bought and paid for, so it, it better fucking come. Oh, yeah. that's incredible. That's really a thrill. But this uh, this cookie book is fantastic. I'm so excited. I'm so glad. I, I there were other ones that were hipper and a little more interesting, but then I thought, ah, I cannot, I cannot you, get you Martha. But I yeah. mean, Martha, Martha is such a solid pick. You can count on Martha. She's not going to, you know, let you down with her recipes. She's not. She's not a trend chaser. She's Martha. She knows exactly. what she's doing. She assembles the team and gets the recipes. Jen, it's time to play a game. Do you oh, want to play? 
<laughs> do you want to play a game called Gift or a Curse or a game called Gift Master? Wait, I know Gift or a Curse, but I don't know Gift Master. I'm scared. <laughs> Can I know what Gift Master is and then make my choice? Yeah, of course. Gift Master, which, by the way, is now a home. There's a home version. It, it was sold out at some point. Hopefully it'll be back in stock soon. But uh, it's a game where I name three celebrities Three famous people and then three gifts that you can give them. And you have to tell me uh, which gift you'll give which celebrity. Oh, that's good. Shit. Okay, I'll do Gift Master. Okay, we're playing Gift Master. I need a number between one and ten from you. Seven. Okay, seven is the number. I have to do some calculating. This is the time. We've already talked about the book, but if you want to promote it more, you can do that. You can promote something else. You can uh, just rip into somebody. You can <laughs> spread a, a rumor. You can do whatever you want. I'll be right back. Okay, well, I guess I actually can. What I can plug is my audiobook. The audiobook version of Big Time is going to be sick. Um, I got some insane people to read stories. The actor Dan Stevens. Yes, that Dan Stevens. He's absolutely unbelievable, unreal. He's in Legion. Um, he was Cousin Matthew on Downton Abbey. Um, also, Lauren Lapkus and Matt Rogers and me and Thomas Whittington. Um, we're all reading stories. So I am um, really psyched about the audiobook. And that's pretty much it. Just this book, big time. Wait, for sure. I'm sorry. I thought I actually had to fill time, but I realized I didn't. You can do whatever oh, you, you want. I'm still, I'm still calculating. I'm still calculating. I'm not oh, done. You made me look like a thirsty, money grubbing <laughs> little. No, that's what you have to do. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm calculating here. <laughs> I've got to get the results. Okay, I'm 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 closing in. I I've got the gifts now. I've just got to get the celebrities. So just give All me. Right. Who knows how much longer. Oh, God, what have I done? This is the longest it's ever taken. <laughs> I love that you're really figuring it out now. I just, I accidentally posted a picture into the document, which is not what I'm... <laughs> I want all of your listeners to know that Bridger is wearing a cool sort of little geometric patterned um, blouse today, and his eyes perfectly match his... I realize <laughs> that it sort of sounds homophobic that I said blouse. It's just a shirt. <laughs> he's not wearing like a stuffed bra with it or something. It's just a shirt, but his eyes are so blue. Okay. I have, I have done the calculating. All I'm right. ready for the game. Yes, I am. I cannot believe how long that took. I'm not going to apologize. Wait, Bridger, your eyes are blue, right? What the hell? I never knew how blue they were, but are they not? My eyes are blue. Um, and here you are saying I'm wearing a, a blouse, <laughs> a flowy top. It's not flowy. Jen yeah. comes on the podcast to say I'm wearing a dress. She's just <laughs> she hates the gay community. That's the only thing we've been able to figure out. I've on this got Chick Fil A in my left hand, Chick Fil A in my right hand. <laughs> okay, this is the game, Gift Master. I'm going to tell you the three gifts. The three gifts you'll be playing with today are number one, the power of flight. Number two. Here we go. A vending machine. Now, that could be a vending okay. machine, any type of vending machine you want. Cigarettes, candy, soda pop. And finally, the the other gift is a bag of chicken breasts. So okay. those are the three gifts you're going to be giving to the following celebrities. Wait, what's the power of flight? The power of flight is the person will be able to fly through the air whenever they want. Oh, the actual power. I thought that was like maybe like a book by Brene Brown or something. <laughs> 
The power I was like, of the eye. <laughs> I How to succeed in the business, please. <laughs> um, okay. The celebrities you're giving them to are none other than Neil Young. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Timbaland, super, super producer Timbaland, and okay. Bristol Palin. Oh, thank God you said Bristol. Thank God. I was worried. Okay. (laughs) So first of all, Neil Young absolutely must have the bag of chicken breasts because he is older and he's beginning to atrophy. So (laughs) we need to keep him upright and we need to keep him filled out. So I would, I would FedEx one night in those, (laughs) those chickens. So then I've got the the actual power flight and What's wait, what's the other get? Oh, a vending machine. The vending machine. Oh, that's really good. Okay. Let's see. That's hard. Okay, let's go for what do I want to give Bristol? I'm gonna give Bristol, I'll give Bristol the power of flight because <laughs> I think she needs a break. Okay. <laughs> and I think that would be an awesome break. Yes. And I think that it's like, you know you've taken your knocks and then hopefully you get some windfalls. And so I think, I think she'd have fun. I think the power of flight, I mean, could be cool because wait, what was his name? What was the ex-husband's name? Uh, Levi Johnston. Levi Johnston. We all knew that. Yeah. I mean, I want her to be able to, I, I see Levi as being someone who could be um, a threat and I want her to be able to <laughs> fly away. <laughs> fly away, fly away from her, fly away from her crazy mom. And I, I just, I think she has a lot to fly from. So I think that that could work for her. And then, I'm, so I guess, so Timbala just gets the vending machine and I, I see him enjoying snacks and portable food. Oh, I feel like Timbaland has absolutely loves a snack. Totally. And I guess I see Timbaland in the studio. And so I told, it's so normal to see him with like a bag of pretzels right. and a can of something. And that feels natural for him. He wants to pop out and get some uh, Fritos. He wants, you know, oh. a Fifth Avenue. Do they still make Fifth Avenues? <laughs> it's hard to say. Bridger, did you love those? That's so I you. You, Fifth you are a Fifth Avenue God. <laughs> That's so cute. I've always been a Fifth Fifth Avenue person. I didn't like, oh. a, I don't, I'm not crazy about a Butterfinger, but you know, the Fifth Avenue worked for me. Yeah. I they, Were they exactly the same? I think that they were like competing bars. It was kind of okay. a Coke Pepsi situation. I think that the Fifth Avenue had more of a peanut butter flavor. Okay. I could be wrong. This was probably 30 years ago. But yeah, Timbaland gets the vending machine. I think you did a very good job there. A very. Thank I, I felt like there was a lot of compassion behind that gift giving. And I think that, that is a real key when you've got Bristol, you've got Timberland, and you've got yeah. Neil. Neil uh, has always looked like he could use a few extra chicken breasts. <laughs> um, he's, you know, God bless, but the man looks gaunt. He looks like he's got a nutritional imbalance or something. I mean, buy a new body, dude. You got it, the money. Just have your head money. grafted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jen, okay, we've got to move on. This is the final segment of the podcast. This is called I Said No Emails. People are writing in to I Said No Gifts at gmail.com is where they're writing to. Mm-hmm. Let's answer some questions. This first one says, and this person is just off the bat, just really, uh, you know, kissing ass. Hello, Bridger, and equally talented and wonderful <laughs> guest. They're talking about you, Jen. I own and ride horses despite having no facility to do so. So I have taken up going to a neighboring property that does with the, okay, with the permission of the tenant. So this person is not illegally uh, riding horses. 
Recently, the tenants moved out, and I struck up a great relationship with the landowner, i.e. I text her once every two months, and she gave me a horse tour once, okay? This past week, I texted her to ensure I had permission to ride this year again and asked about payment. This is quite a tale. (laughs) The woman told me that she didn't expect payment or even physical labor or yard work, and even gave me permission to use the pasture without payment. I struggled to realize my value and was already planning on giving some type of payment, but she refuses to accept it. I now need a gift for her to show how much I value her selflessness. Any recommendations? That's from E-V-Y, Evie, Evie, Evie. Uh, okay, we don't know where Evie is, but I will say that she's spelling like neighbor and labor with a U. So she's, <gasps> oh. I, as far as I can tell, not within the United States. Oh, um, Oh, well, then that changes things, I think. That shifts everything. Yeah, it's. now I'm thinking of it in a totally different way because I was thinking of these, like, you know, these ranch people. But now I'm thinking of it in a different way. Okay. We're thinking Downton Abbey. We're thinking, right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We're thinking truly anything outside of the Wild West. This person, Evie, wants to give this horse property owner a gift. First thing that comes to mind, yeah, give a horse a haircut. Surprise haircut. The owner steps oh. into the barn. All of their horse's hair has been shorn. I think they're going to be thrilled. That's an amazing idea. That that wouldn't have occurred to me. I was thinking of jams or something, but I really, <laughs> I this is so much better. Okay. Oh, I think that's really good. I mean, the only thing is, though, is that about giving the horse haircut is that the, <laughs> the owner has said they don't, it seems like they're insisting that it's free. It seems almost like, you don't want to do some perform some sort of labor. Like it seems like whoever owns this pasture, it's like it would almost maybe make them uncomfortable that that Evie or Evie that you went out and like. Now you're saying it would, that make, length. it would make the person uncomfortable if you broke into their barn in the night <laughs> and cut off all of the horse's hair. That feels like it would lead to discomfort. Well, it's funny. You even said give a horse a haircut. I forgot. I mean, they don't get haircuts, right? Do you? you don't I, don't, I don't know that a horse ever gets a haircut. Although, you know, that mane must have to get cut at some point, right? Right. I'm going to go with gift certificate to a melting pot near you. <laughs> 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 okay. How about you know? Let's 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 swing back into the realm of things that could be given. How about a picture of the horse? Oh, How about a picture of good. Evie on the horse? Oh my god! Maybe it's like a beautiful painting of Evie riding the horse through the property. Oh, that's amazing! And Evie, if you don't even feel up to that, um, maybe I getting like because I do remember one time one of my uh, a gift that my husband gave to his mom was a chart. So he got an artist to do a charcoal drawing of her dogs. Oh, and this this has never stopped making her really happy unfortunately (laughs) he's standing right there else probably would have said something obscene i'm sorry honey but um no he yeah that that would no but um because you could draw it or you could pay right someone else to do it and easy anytime an animal is involved you head over to etsy yeah find an artist that wants a picture wants to draw a picture paint a picture and you got it Exactly. And with that just heartfelt note, and then maybe you frame it, but that is, that's a really great idea, Bridger. Big bag of oats. I'm thinking, how about you leave a big bag of oats on their doorstep? That seems hostile, incredibly hostile. (laughs) I think that's a very bad idea. 
big bag of oats and you know you scrawl a message on a piece of paper uh yeah I th- or you, you you break it you, you again i do like in the middle of the night you go to the pastor owner's home you put her in a harness you stuff an apple in her mouth you say you're my horse <laughs> you say, you're you my say horse. hello horsey uh giddy up gal that's a gift that's an experience that's people love it an experience as a gift so there you go yes Evie, yeah. any of those things will work just as well as the other take what you need we've got to answer one more question this is another that one's too long and we've already read a long one so i'm gonna skip to the <laughs> next one this one says hello bridger and esteemed guest my parents recently purchased a new home Why did I say it like that? I don't know. In Florida, and I need to get them a housewarming gift. My mom is in her 70s, loves mystery novels, gardening, and HGTV. My dad is in his 80s and likes history books, sweets, and cable news. Let's hope not the cable news I'm thinking of. Uh, That's from Kathleen in Oregon. So her parents need a housewarming gift. If it wasn't bad cable news, what could it possibly be, Bridger? (laughs) I mean, like TNT. You know, let's let's think more within the, the realm of mystery novels, HGTV, sure. and sweets. Kathleen needs... These parents are now in Florida. They've retired. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, a real idea pops into my mind. It's not funny. I'm just going to say we can get to something funny. Um, a subscription to Masterclass. Oh, <laughs> because, that's a great thing for a couple well, they, of retirees. Yeah, they sound retired. And actually, I got that from my mom when she retired. And right. she's... So Kathleen, I would just caution you that if you were to go the masterclass route, I did this for my mom and my mom, our relationship is almost broken down because I haven't yet watched the Shonda Rhimes one. (laughs) And she is so upset that I haven't seen it. And it's pretty much all she'll talk about. And so you could open up cans of worms and it could be a problem, but that is, that's an actual real gift for retirees. That's not, wait, so your mom watched the Shonda Rhimes one, which I assume is like how to create a TV show. Yes. Is your mom going to create a TV show? She's not going to create a TV show. She watches, sometimes she watches things. She, she does watch all different ones unrelated okay. to her own. Right. Um, she was, she used to be a lawyer. So she watches all this different stuff. She's definitely interested because I'm in that world. She likes to know the logo and sometimes find things that she thinks that I will like. Oh, that's sweet. And, and she might, also sweet. might be secretly trying to get staffed on Bridgerton or something. You know, I would be really fucking pissed if she if she <laughs> under my nose got some job like that. No, that would be really funny if she wrote for Bridgerton. That's another <laughs> thing that we almost came to blows over because I haven't watched Bridgerton yet. And I'm she, not. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry. I have eyes. <laughs> sorry. But um, OK, but it's fun, yeah, the Florida part. Yeah. House Florida part. You know what? Yeah. What are you thinking? Housewarming. <sighs> Housewarming. Now we're just on the uh, the sincere gift path, uh, <laughs> which I feel like, you know, you also wonder, like, what if they moved into? Is it a big empty house? In that case, maybe they right. could use a book, like a nice bookshelf for the mom and her mystery novels. Yeah. Something I like to get as a housewarming gift is a plant. Because oh, I know, that's you great. know, I'm so good at killing them. It's nice to have somebody kind of restocking uh, the vegetation in my home. Yes. Um, they're in Florida. A, a, let's see. Is it a dehumidifier a thing? Oh, that's we. I've never had one in my life. And they just had one in the Savannah apartment that I'm in. And yes, a dehumidifier. That's a great idea. These are incredibly practical gifts. Right. Um, 
I feel like with the cable news, let's get dad a, um, a news subscription to something he has to read. Something oh, I love know, with a little that. bit more balanced take. Something that I might lo- oh, I have sensational. it. I have it. Let's hear it. Um, well, th- we didn't. Say, we said the dad's into mystery stuff. He's not into history. Do the they say history? Interesting. Interestingly, mom's into mystery. Dad's into yeah. history. Sweet. Okay. So I. I mean, if you turn on, there are these new hardcore histories with Dan Carlin that you have to pay for. Oh. And I'm listening to the one about the fall of Rome, and it is dad approved. So. Oh yes. And your dad might not know. Um. So that could be good. And then. I mean, the mystery, yeah. I love the adjacent gift. I love the bookshelf idea. Yeah, I think that that, that all adds up. Maybe get Mama like a magnifying glass. Oh, yeah, you exactly. Um, I feel like we've given, uh, you know, an abundance of ideas here. I think we've given out too, too much. I, mean, I think we, we should have kept some of these to ourselves. We should take the hardcore history element, I mean, tack now and start charging. But, you know, this is all free. That's the promise of an I said no gifts. You're going to get world class advice Mm, mm. and you're going to get it for free. Wow. Jen, we're done answering questions. We've come to the end of the podcast and I'm not surprised. I had a wonderful time with you. I mean, if uh, you did when we were texting about this a few weeks ago, you did promise you were going to develop a new personality to debut on the podcast. <laughs> I did, right? Which would have Damn been, it. I would have loved to come in here and suddenly God. you're just a new person. That would have been so great. I should have done that. Uh, but I mean, what a, in this time when it's impossible to see you otherwise, oh. what a, I mean, this alone was just the most powerful gift of all. It was such a powerful gift. And it was also wonderful to know that we can have fun, good old fashioned fun without <laughs> tearing others down, without <laughs> discussing money very vulgarly. <laughs> I loved that we were able to do that. This was the, this may have been the biggest test of our friendship yet. Will they yes. be able to talk about anything else other than people <laughs> in entertainment they don't like? <laughs> Exactly. I feel so great, Bridger. Like a fresh flower. Yeah. I just don't feel dirty. I'm not. Yeah. I don't feel. <laughs> Neither of us has to take a shower. We could just move on with our lives. The listener got to get a little peek in and I think we've all had a good time here. And it, I mean, happy birthday to the podcast. Oh, you happy know? birthday. Happy birthday, baby. This is, in some ways, the end of season one. I, I feel like it's too bad we don't have some, some sort of cliffhanger to leave the audience with. Uh, will they? Won't they? Uh, who done it? I do think. I mean, the hope here is that th- this episode is not the uh, beginning of another disaster for humanity. Uh, Hopefully, this is you know second chapter, end of pandemic, rather than like you know giant monster attacks the city or invaders or what you know giant volcano erupts in yellowstone there are all these things that could happen bridger um which i've now named on the podcast which may will them into reality which right but that's the simulation that's how it works those would be fine actually i just ran the numbers those aren't that bad (laughs) (laughs) okay well listener thank you for being here jen thank you for being here i just had a terrific time i'm delighted that you had me and (laughs) i'm gonna go bake some cookies i hope we can all have a wonderful day and we'll head off into the future and again end of the podcast this is where we part ways 
I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads when I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is present enough and I already had too much stuff so how do you dare to survey?